Quentin, if you're listening, baka naman, pwede mo kay Cass. <laughs> yeah, kill, kill us, you know, however you want. Like, with our blood spraying, that's fine. A Filipino blood spray. Hey, I could, he can just film my feet and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Welcome to another episode of the Only Pop Podcast. I'm your host, Leandro Diaz, as per usual. And this week's episode, we're going back to talking about film. So a couple of few episodes ago, I think, I mean, the last few episodes we've done, very music-centric, I would say. But I think we're ready to talk about films again. Because, of course, I don't know what you guys have been doing during the pandemic. But a lot of what I've been doing, I've been watching a lot of movies. And for this week, I invited another podcast on the show, which is very, very exciting to me. I don't usually get to do that, but hopefully it becomes a trend. Um, but yeah, so today I'll be guesting Mark and G from the Retrospectives podcast, which you guys should totally listen to. So I'll let them explain to them to, to you guys what the Retrospectives is all about. Go ahead. Hey, Leandro. Um, Hi, Leandro. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for being here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yes, we are the co-hosts of the Retrospectives podcast. We are the new kids on the block. We could say <laughs> that. <laughs> it's been a month since we launched it. Um, and we are a, we call ourselves a nostalgia podcast. Not sh- When we were thinking about what we wanted to do, we didn't know whether it's a thing already. And then we launched it and we realized it's actually a thing. That there's yeah. a lot. There's actually a lot of <laughs> content, a podcast content related. You know, being wistful of the past, thinking about the past, and I think even your show is, yeah, you know, to a certain extent, Somewhat, it's yeah. also mm-hmm. kind of a nostalgia podcast. But you're, you're fairly young to be thinking about the, the past. I thought, but <laughs> I thought that I thought Not that age ourselves. But like, I don't know, man. I'm getting old too, and. Things from the 2000s is already pretty old for me. Oh so. gosh! And then what? What that? What does that make us? Then? <laughs> I'm not gonna comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we we are yeah focusing on 90s nostalgia, 90s mm-hmm. pop culture, basically films and music. Our heydays, yeah. The heydays uh-huh. of the 90s up to the early 2000s is is also included. So yes, we actually just. Um, recently launched a new episode that's somehow related to what we're going to talk about oh yeah perfect timing yeah (laughs) perfect timing which you guys everyone who's listening right now head on over to the retrospectives podcast right after this because we'll be talking about well again like what mark just mentioned it's very very appropriate that we're doing this topic now because today's episode this week we'll be talking about quentin tarantino i think he's arguably one of the best directors of all time I guess you can say, because I mean, there's an argument to be made in that aspect, I guess. Uh, but personally, he's one of my favorite directors of all time, even though, you know how usually when you talk to cinephiles, they're always like, oh, guys, I'm so into Tarantino and Nolan mm. and yeah, Roman Polanski or some shit. But genuinely yeah. speaking, Tarantino has a body of work that I'm very, very much in love with, mm-hmm. you know. All the gore and all of the whimsical dialogue aside, there's yeah. a lot, there's something about his movies. So, what do that's, you guys think about Tarantino? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think that's a there's a certain trademark to his body of work that is an equivoc equivocally equivocally 
did I say it right? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino. You know that it's you can't hardly compare it to anybody else. That's um, true. And I was I was telling Super G original. about it. Nah, maybe some people will try to copy it, but but nah, to to no avail. And you would you would really spot that it's a copy. But actually, the funny thing is, he is a copycat himself. That's, That's actually what he influences. said. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he would yeah. actually pick from different kind of movies and then core production and in his direction. So a lot of what he actually does is not really, um, you know, not really original. Original, but right? What, what's original about it is his take about it. Yeah, I think. Is what and I think the the, really the kinds of influences that he melded together yeah. is is. Had become a, a separate thing altogether. Right. Yeah, because it's super left own. field. Yeah, very extreme from this end to this yeah. end, and then adding a little bit more to it. Yeah, uniquely him. I agree. Yeah. I think the thing about Tarantino is, and you mentioned it earlier, he he is a cop- copycat, but I would prefer the term. He's very heavy on homages. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. when you say copycat, mm-hmm. it's kind of a negative connotation because he does it in honor of his influences. True. Right. 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 I think the, the, the different, also the difference with, with a copycat and someone who kind of just makes a, uh, like, uh, uh, an homage, like you said, is it, the, the actual finished product in the end looks either much better or had created a, a, an animal of its own. Like what happened with his own ovre, right? right? Um, it's he's got like a cult fo- following that is um, obsessed, <laughs> shall we say, with with the kinds of yeah, uh, the storyline, his style, his stylized the violence that is so stylized and beautiful. And although she would say that it had affected her so much, I think you know it's, it's violence that you can watch and have fun have fun with. Thought. Yeah, yeah, until it seeps into your psyche and you think about it. Until <laughs> after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember if when was this? Like a few years ago, I did a Tarantino binge, and then Ooh. all I could just all I could see, like in my head, was just feet. Because you know how he has a big thing for feet. He right? has I, a all name. of his movies. Oh, yes, yeah. it's weird, right? Well, I guess weird. we can get into that later when we actually get into the yeah, movies. Sure. The films, yeah, but. Yeah. Before we do jump into that, you'll notice that the title of this podcast is a Tarantino retrospective. So this is in honor of the retrospectives podcast of the show. Yes, <laughs> yeah. thank you so in, much. This is in honor of you guys. So what uh, I want to do with you guys That's today cute. is let's take a step back, take a look, see at Quentin Tarantino's work, all mm-hmm. nine movies. I mean, we don't have to talk mm-hmm. about all of them an hour each, but <laughs> I think we should just like take a step back and like really see how these movies define their respective generations or their respective eras, right? Right. So we were talking about this before this recording. How do we go about the order of this discussion? Because, (laughs) you know... And my proposition was to do to be a true true Tarantino fan and just do it in a non-linear way and just wing it as we go. (laughs) (laughs) That does make sense. (laughs) <laughs> in the context of this episode. So yeah, maybe we can do that. Yeah. Maybe you guys can propose what movie we'll tackle first. And then we'll go like in a round robin style or something. Okay. Why don't you choose one, G? Me? Yeah, ladies Gosh. first. The only lady in the... Yeah, movie. ladies first. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I actually just when you mentioned that you you know you did a binge of his movies some time ago, I recently just did that you know in preparation for this because I've seen some but not, I haven't seen all of it. So I've just so because and with that question, I guess I want to start Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because that's the start for reason. the ending. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, because it was so recent that it's just super fresh in my and memory. I just I would, watched it like maybe two nights ago. I would argue that this is the Snow White and the Seven Dwarves of his all. Of the of oh, of his body of work, yeah. <laughs> because there's much, much less gore. Very little, it. yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, it's 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 very. We'll talk about this later, but this is like the latest in line of the historical revisionism that he's been doing lately in his films. Right. So you'll notice yeah. in the most recent films like um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Inglorious Bastards, I guess mm-hmm. even Hateful Eight to some extent. And Django Unchained, mm-hmm. a lot of them are very historical revisionist in the mm-hmm. way that yes. they're being told, right? So yeah. I find that very interesting that he'd suddenly shifted in that direction. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. It's funny you call it historical revisionism because, uh, of course, we know it in the political sense. It's, ne- you know, it's anyone who wants to revise history right. to their advantage is the villain yeah. of the story. But in this case, yeah. um, he wanted to offer an Change. alternate history yes. to yeah, right. save the heroes from right. whatever mm-hmm. fall that they had been into yeah. and the villain yeah. to kind of shift the shift mm-hmm. the narrative to fall yeah. back to them right maybe for something better yeah because yeah. i know right yeah right. For, for like once upon a time in hollywood i know he wanted to save sharon tate you know because yeah. history in the way fortunate for sharon so he wanted to do something a little bit different and torture the Manson family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, that movie has the, in my opinion, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has the greatest payoff in movie history. For yes. Me. Because the movie, yes. okay, I'll admit, the the first half of the movie, or at least the first three-fourths, it got uh-huh. kind of slow. Although, I mean, because mm. it's a fairly long movie, right? It is almost three yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. fairly long movie, and there are parts that are draggy in a sense. Now you just really have to wait for it to unfold, but Very at the same time, yeah. the payoff at the end is just worth it. It's so cathartic to watch that end. I think, exactly. I guess, it was by design too. But yeah, that yeah. end was crazy. I think, I think it was being true again to his being, you know, to unpredictable with because because yeah. you're so used to the violence and the gore that's just right in front of you every single minute in his past, what, five mm-hmm. five films? And then he comes with this ninth and suddenly, it's saved, you know, it's saved the best quieter, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was waiting for shit to come down like the whole time. Um, I didn't, I, honestly, I didn't feel it was, it was a drag or, or slow because I was really enjoying I, I guess I was really enjoying Leo's performance. Oh, yeah, Me for too. sure. And even just Brad and so, Pitt. How, yeah. And, uh-huh. Yeah. His performance here reminded me of his Inglorious Bastards bit also. I mean, Brad yeah. Pitt's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was Leo that I thought really kind Gosh, of Gosh, Leo. Speaking of which, yeah. you know, the favorite scenes, it's, you know, when, when they were filming that oh yeah was it a tv show with the kid that was really oh my gosh leo is such a good actor he's great there he's great here he's great there's this funny funny scene that i thought because this came out 2019 was it yeah Yeah. 2019 and he's already won his oscar by this time 
from from the mm-hmm. Reverend. But there's one bit here when he was actually getting uh, accolades from an eight year old. He said, she, said, she yes. said, "That is the best acting I've seen in my yes. whole life." And I yes. thought, if he hadn't won his Oscar yet, then that would have stung. You should have won. This. That would have been so. Oh, no, you should have won. That would have yeah, been yeah. so bad. But thankfully, he'd won already by this time. Yeah. <laughs> she's always getting nominated but never won until never won until the reverend yeah the reverend yeah, yeah. well this, so that well that was funny <laughs> just a tangent a little bit did you guys think he deserved that revenant best best actor or was it more of like he finally <laughs> deserved to get one because i can think of so much more performances where he was better Mm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, almost every film he ever did, he I, really did his absolute best. But I think great, really, yeah. in comparison to the other nominated actors at the time, maybe it wasn't yeah, really him. That, I guess yeah. it's contextual. In the context, right, yeah. right. That's true. But I'm just, I'm just glad that he got it. I'm finally. glad he finally yeah. got something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well Everybody deserved. was hankering for him to get something at some ah, point. Yeah. yeah. Well, going back to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... Honestly, sure. I mean, the of course the payoff is is you know massive, right? But right, there are a lot of scenes there. that are also it's very not Tarantino like. I think this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys watch Family Guy? I've seen a few episodes, um, but yeah, How not really. Because because yeah. the, the way that Family Guy is structured is there's a lot of cutaway gags. So meaning. They set mm. up a joke and then it cuts to another scene altogether. And mm. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did a lot of that in this movie, which kind of I was mm. like, why is he, why are they pulling why is he pulling a Family Guy here? Like some one mm. one scene he's talking about you know his wife, uh, the right. one he allegedly killed, and then the right. next scene mm. you you're taken into that actual scene, right? So it was very unlike right. him, in my opinion. Yeah, I noticed that too, um, and I didn't. Well, I haven't seen a that much of Family Guy to see the reference, but I did notice the diff- that you know it's 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 sort of like a mishmash of different um, timelines, and you know how yeah. how he is like that. Also, he, he plays with with the chronology of events and yeah. time and with presentation, mm-hmm. and maybe that's a different way of doing it. But it yeah, kind they were more of, faster, I, right? Right. Because like I, usually his his um, non-linear stuff, they're segments. Yeah. They're very long segments, right. right? This one was pretty fast. Like it was fast, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So and there aren't like, you know how in in pop fiction there are like titles. I think most movies have is have titles. Have chapters. Oh. Yeah, they have chapters, right? Yeah. This yeah, one didn't. Right? This one oh, didn't. Man. So yeah. it took me out. Yeah. Not that it took me out of it in a bad way, but like I was like, mm, that's new. It's new from him. It is new. I mean, largely looking, you know, from from how the 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 general absence of violence to like you, how you said it that the stylized um, typography is not there as yeah. much that you see a lot in his in his previous work. So, I guess you know I would, what I would like to think after I finished watching this is maybe this mm-hmm. is his build up to his tent, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's going to be <laughs> a little bit different from what we saw from him before yeah. maybe so and supposedly that 10th film will be the last one i'm the in the boat one. that his 10th film needs to be volume three kill bill man like it <laughs> well, needs there, to be kill bill well, there, uh, there's a conversation about that right that yeah. i've seen yeah, it in a lot of the I wiki pages yeah. my fingers have been crossed for a few years already i, I so would love we get to that. that and it's going to be nikki right yeah 
they said it's going to be the girl, Vernita Green's yeah. um, kid. kid. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Going to be, I don't know who will. Maybe it's I think her Uma kid, Thurman the mom's was still going to be in it. Yeah. And I guess, hopefully. They, I, I heard that they wanted to get uh, her kid. Um, what's her name? The one in Baby. Stranger Things. Oh, is she? Mm, uh, sure, yeah. Uh, you know, funny, BB was actually in Bibi. this for a little bit. Yeah. So BB is in Stranger that. Things? I haven't seen Stranger Things. So. Um, what's the name of her kid with Ethan Hawk? Maya Hawk. Maya Hawk. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So okay. she looks really like she looks a lot like Uma Thurman. So I heard there were there were rumors that they wanted to get Maya Hawk to play BB. So that'd have been cool too, mm, right? Like a new cool. generation kind of thing. So yeah. that's a perfect segue. We can talk about Kill Bill now. Okay. So great segue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, no one. shit. Wait, sorry. I needed to mention this um, about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Then we'll go to Kill Bill. Okay. This movie also had one of the most tensest scenes I've ever seen. I think this is his, okay, in my opinion, his second most tense scene. Later on, mm-hmm. I'll share what my, in my opinion, what the first, the, the most first tensest scene is. Okay. So the one here is the one in the Span Ranch mm-hmm. where they were trying to, he was trying to say hi to, to George. To the, to George spot. Mm-hmm. And I was reading some, you know, reviews on it. Or like, I mean, I, I'm always on Reddit. So I always read the reactions yeah. to there. And one of them was like, they were saying that this is the closest we'll ever get to a Quentin Tarantino horror movie. Because of how oh. tense that scene was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. you know how unpredictable the Manson family is. The man. They've mm-hmm. established that. Um, you know, in, in the movie. So you uh-huh. really didn't know where it was going until what's going to happen, yeah. Yeah. Until yeah. he actually got in, right? So yeah. right. that really got me like really scared. But yeah. I yeah, know that was, that scene yeah. when he was looking no idea. looking yeah. behind his shoulder and looking yeah. at all the all the people in there. Um, yeah. waiting for him what his next step is. That's that's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, I was even going to see George. You know, you never know how you he's never really know what's going to happen. Really yeah, is he really there? Is he really yeah. that there? Is he, is he a zombie already? Yeah, and then Maybe. and then yeah. he goes face to face with Dakota Fanning, and I'm like, shit, she's a famous actress. Shit's gonna, she's shit's she gonna go down. You know, like yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah. nothing yeah. happened. But no, yeah, yeah. You were expecting fight scenes, yeah, exactly. right? Or, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But nothing happened. So nothing this, happened. I think, mm-hmm. is one of his more. It's a different movie, definitely. Different from definitely his not usual. his usual template. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we can let's talk about Kill Bill, which is very again apropos for your recently released episode. So maybe you guys we can did. talk about uh, Kill Bill for me. Uh, I watched this. This came out two thousand four, right? Two thousand three. Yes. The first three one came out two thousand three, and yeah. then Volume Two came out two thousand four. Yeah. So I was in third grade yeah. when this came out. <laughs> oh my god! So Kill see it. me. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't killed. Killed for volume one and then kill Mark. Kill me, yes. And but I, I remember watching this probably a year or two after it released. And what so was, really? So yeah, you were in, you were know. still in grade school and, and yeah. how? How did you take it? I mean, we we were oh in shattered. Way too young to watch. We were this. shattered yeah. after watching it, and then and we were in college almost. I mean, I, after I, college, I, yeah, I didn't really get it the first time. Like the whole okay. narrative, mm-hmm. right? I was just like, yeah. damn, those the... fight scenes are so dope. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, it's one of my favorite Tarantino films, actually. I, it could be. It, Us too. We'll rack it later, one. but it has yeah. an argument for me to be my favorite because it's the first one I actually watched. 
of his. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it's the quintessential Tarantino film. It has every element of of what you can expect from him. Um, you know, it's you know that stylized seventies type of movie like kind of almost like a, a vintage film you're watching and then there's a lot of great music the needle drops are superb you have animation go happening that you haven't seen in any of his other movies but but the translation of the gore from real life to the animation was excellent and then and then and then all those fight scenes of course you know there's just there's nothing to throw away from any of those um, mm-hmm. You know, we say it's really a kind of very sinister way of of going from from one person in his death five death list five to the next. Yeah. It's just it's just complete. I mean, if there's any gateway, and this is my gateway to Tarantino, it has to be Kill Bill. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the most accessible Tarantino film out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, compared yeah. to all of his movies because I mean yeah everyone's telling you to watch Pulp Fiction Reservoir Dogs but I remember mm. when I first watched Pulp Fiction I wasn't really I didn't really get it at first right so Kill mm-hmm. Bill I got it immediately like shit it's just good fun action's great you mentioned the stylized violence mm-hmm. uh, I like that they I like the, I, I think I remember I watched the uncut version so the scene the with the 88 uh, was um mm-hmm. Not in black and white. <laughs> yeah. So oh, it was really when they released it here. Yeah, yeah. When they released it here, it's just it so they could like, give it a little bit of a better rating. Mm-hmm. Did you notice Quentin as part of the Crazy 88s? I didn't notice him. Even he upon was. second, third watching. He was supposed to be one of them. Oh, really? You know how he's, he's always acting in, in his yeah, films. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and he has a much smaller either. role here. Yeah. I didn't notice but, you that. Know, did you guys know that he actually wanted to really be an actor? That was his first preference. That's he actually wanted in, to be. Yeah, film. that's yeah. why he's inserting himself. <laughs> that's actually why he started making his own movies was because he wasn't getting casted in any of the movies. So he decided, you know, what, I'm just going to start making my own. And right. then, lo and behold, look at him now, you know. Yeah. Well, that's very he, inspiring. <laughs> yeah, right? He said, like, don't fucking for the moon. G- the Just fucking the Jimmy. Land in the stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice I mean, that? He said, he said, don't fucking Jimmy me, Jules, in Pulp Fiction. And then yeah. in, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Janet said, don't fucking Janet break to Brad Pitt. <laughs> I yeah. didn't notice that shit. I didn't I notice the reference. Just, there's a lot I, of, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of, of continuity from one yes. film to yeah. the other. Like uh-huh. the Red Apple yeah. Cigarette. Yeah. Going yeah. in from one movie to the next, and also the dialogue. Like, I'll be damned. Oh, I'll be. What do you call damned. it? Like uh, nested eggs or some, yeah, something like that. You'll find like what a lot nested? of different little ones. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, like a Easter egg as an, e- yeah. like an yeah. Easter egg Easter hunt. Egg, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know of this theory. Well, that's not really a theory, but sort of like a fan kind. Well, yeah, it's a fan theory where mm-hmm. all of the movies are in one universe. I I read that. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I think the explanation there is movies like Kill Bill and Death Proof and yeah. probably, like, Inglorious Bastards and whatnot, they're actually movies within the universe of films like oh. Reservoir Dogs, Jackie, Jackie Brown, mm. and, like, Pulp Fiction. That because be so it's good so, if it's true. Yeah, because the other movies are very grounded in reality, so to speak. I mean, considering. Right. And then right. these yeah. other movies, like Kill Bill, they're straight-up homages to 
the different movie genres, right? So the theory is the reason why there's like, you know, red apple cigarettes and whatnot is because it's all in one universe. Right. Which I find very interesting. Sense. It's super interesting. Yeah. Like imagine if Colonel Hans Landa of uh, Inglorious Bastards actually was in the 1800s. <laughs> that would be yeah. that would be impossible. But I mean, if if he comes like in his previous life comes to America and saves slaves mm. as uh, Doctor King Schultz, right? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Um, the Hateful Eight was actually originally supposed to be a sequel to Django Unchained. So that's why the eras oh. are very close to each other. But he opted right. not to anyway. But sorry, yeah. tangent again. Okay. Let's go back to Kill Bill. <laughs> what are your... See, we're, we're, doing, we're doing exactly what Once Upon a, Once Upon a Time is doing. Exactly. We're, doing it's being told. We're, we're jumping yep. from yep. one yep. to the yeah. other. <laughs> it's hard think, not to do I think when you're talking about be, Tarantino. I think he will be proud of us if he yeah. hears this. Well, <laughs> uh, Quentin, if you're listening... Yeah, kill kill us, you know, however you want. Like there's blood spraying, that's fine. A Filipino blood spray. Crazy 89. I can be that one guy that's like late (laughs) to the party. Hey, I could he can just film my feet and that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. Uh, yeah, dirty feet, ba? Dirty feet, like dirty feet, yes. Oh yeah, dirty (laughs) feet. It has to be dirty feet. Yeah. So, what? So you guys did a episode, an episode on Kill Bill. Why did mm-hmm. you pick Kill Bill um, of all of his films? We had to do that one because it was part in the era that we're doing, which is the early two thousands. Right. Um, so that's part of like the timeline that we had in mind, and then because it's one of that's like what Mark said, it's our gateway to Tarantino, and mm-hmm. there's no way that this the first season would go without talking about Kill Bill, just because how much we love that film. Yeah, um, and it, it, go ahead. It kind of is. Uh, I think we were going a certain path with our episodes being really, you know, schmoozy a little bit. With all these love stories, and yeah, so we thought yeah. we would break the chain. <laughs> nothing, the chain, nothing else yep. can break it, but uh, but Kill Bill. And you know, no, notice how almost all of his films, there's hardly any any love romance. affair, love story, romance yeah. angle yeah. to it, which I love. Which I, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, I for think, sure. I think it's best that way. <laughs> I think Django Unchained had a little bit of that. I think the whole which, motivation of okay, of, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, which I found really. Soapy. I mean, I'm not soapy. Maybe kind of sappy. Pala is what I want right. to say. When, when he, I thought he should have cut that part when he saved Carrie um, Washington's character yeah. in the hut, and he said, "What did he say? Did he say, hey, little troublemaker, something like that?" I thought it was yeah, so mushy, it was so <laughs> cheesy. But yeah. I think it was very intentional, though. Uh, really? I think, yeah, I think it was very because Django Unchained is very much a homage to black exploitation movies too. Right. Except it's a Western also. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the low budget movies from before, you know, dialogue. It's very cheesy, very <laughs> much. Uh-oh. So mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. intentional nomancha. I think the desired reaction really is to be like, what the fuck? Compared yeah. to the rest of the movie, right? But yeah. Right. But that's right. the first time I've felt that way in a scene in the whole movie. So I thought what well, would be a good an alternate edit to that would be to have Kerry Washington just waiting in the horse, just just right after he blows up the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> you know, you realize already by then that yeah, he saved yeah. her. 
right? Yeah. But but yeah. that's even you know. Yeah, I thought because I think that's what he's trying to portray is that you know for the first time a black person is going to be a hero of the story. Sure, he is. So I he think is, that's yeah, why yeah, he purposely, sure. yeah, had to deliver that line as cheesy as it may be. As yeah, as it sounded as like it a was. commercial, uh, like a commercial of some perfume or something. It sounded like <laughs> one of those. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> Oh shit! You can you can <laughs> cut that part of the film and you it, you can paste it into a commercial. It'll still right, work. and then you right. can just like you know think of like a copy right. for that. Right, and and yeah. and yeah. you know how they did the and the post credit commercial of Red Apple for yeah sorry, yeah Red Apple cigarette in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So he, <laughs> yeah. that can be a Red Apple commercial also. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Fox. Yeah. It, again, in universe, one big universe. It could be a it's thing. Happening. It could uh-huh. be. Uh-huh. Yep. It's happening. It's uh-huh. happening. Miss me with that Marvel Cinematic Universe bullshit. Give me this Tarantino universe. Oh, first. anytime, any day. I'm in I'm here for this. <laughs> so we'll, we're well, now that we're talking about Janko and Jane, which uh-huh. I think is one of his stronger outputs in my opinion. Because this movie mm-hmm. is hilarious. Honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite it's scene funny. here is the scene with the KKK, like straight up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and again, and then, Quint- Quentin is there. Quentin is one there. Of the bag, yes. One of the bad guys. Yeah, I think he wasn't. He wasn't his wife. It was the one who made the bags. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. 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 the one. <laughs> He's the one who, was, who uh, had a tantrum. Yeah, oh, yes. and there was a yeah, surprise yeah. Jonah Hill too. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, like out of the blue, I see Jonah Hill, and I'm like, "What the fuck is happening?" So random. That's so funny. And then he was, right? that's Jonah Hill, right? It was Jonah that's Hill, right? Jonah Hill. Yeah, and getting Hill, getting yeah. all confused about. Okay, so what do we do now? Do we do with a bag or do we do without the bag? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny because they can't see, funny. right? That's so funny. They can't yes, see. They can't see. <laughs> and I like this. This I think uh, there's a trend where um, movies like this, like. You know, making fun of the KKK and shit. Uh, mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption Two, which is a game um, set in the 1800s, also late 1800s. There are scenes mm-hmm. in that game where they portray the KKK as super stupid too, and I just find that hilarious. Like <laughs> one one scene there is um, they're inducting a new member, and when you induct a new member, apparently you have to burn a cross, and then mm-hmm. they just end up burning themselves alive in that game. <laughs> And I'm just like, <laughs> love it. I'm just watching this shit. I love it. But Good yeah, a lot of the historical revisionism um, in the latter <clears throat> Quentin Tarantino films, mm-hmm. a lot of them are doing justice to um, to yeah. wronged people. So like reclaiming in the, yeah. in the case of history. Yeah. In, in the case uh-huh. of the KKK, it's, it's yeah. making fun of the KKK because they're, they're racist piece of shits. Pieces of shits. Right. Right. And that's very admirable, I would say. Yeah. And this is also where I, uh, it reminded me of this bit about Leonardo DiCaprio's character also, who's super racist, right? And yeah. at some point, he was told, he was said to have felt uncomfortable with so much racial slurs in the dialogue mm-hmm. that he stopped, right. stopped filming. They really and went of, there. I know. Yeah. Every time you hear the N-word, I mean, I feel like it's probably... That's just so much mentioned, of that. Like, what? How many? Yeah, actually, I was going to bring that up. How, what are your right. thoughts on that? Because there's a lot of controversy surrounding, you know, Tarantino's uses, usage of racial slurs, like the N-word and stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously, well, they had to go there, with, you know? I mean, yeah. Right. If it, if, it, if it were meant to be really as accurate and as believable yeah. as it has to be, 
And it has to be like that. And I like what I think Samuel L. Jackson piped in in that conversation. And Leo, I think, asked uh, Quentin. He said, um, Samuel said, well, motherfucker, this is just a regular (laughs) Tuesday for us. (laughs) So just get on with it. This is fine. Yeah. Yeah. This is how it is. But, you know, that's what I really appreciate about his movies is it's just unapologetic. It is what it is. You're going to get what you're going to get. You're going to get a thousand of it. You're going to have to expose yourself and be okay with it. People are actually counting. Some people, like fans, are counting how many fucks and how many like (laughs) expletives come out of of his movies. I, I forgot how many. Like, for example, I think in Pop Fiction, was it? So much fuck. I mean, Samuel L. Mm-hmm. Jackson, I, I love his character. I mean, he's, we <laughs> lost him. We lost him there. Yeah. The, way I, the way I lost him in Kill, the Kill Bill cameo. Because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. In, our, in our episode, I was actually, I didn't believe G when she said that that was Samuel L. Jackson who was a musician. Uh-huh, in, the, in the church. In yeah. the church. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't notice. It's but funny because apparently it's him also. Samuel L. Jackson in all of the Tarantino movies is essentially just playing the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Which is essentially just Samuel L. Jackson True. as himself. As himself. <laughs> and no matter what era, like even in Django Unchained, when it's it's set in the 1800s, right? Yeah. It's it, he's still the same. And yeah. he gets no, he away sounded, with it. Yeah, he sounded. He sounded new. so he sounded, urban, you know, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So funny. Exactly. And but in pop fiction, that's where he's most, I guess, more iconic because he's. Is is kind of now. He's kind of hip, yeah. And he has all these one-liners that that go with his character. So yeah, I guess he's just yeah timeless from you know from the first movie all the way to the ninth <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah, and he's cast and he's and we noticed that the, same. the way he casts Quentin Tarantino casts car- um, actors from very, the very first one like Tim Roth. Samuel yeah, he has Jackson, his favorites. Uma Thurman, his friends, yeah, know, they always yeah. come. Yeah, it's the same people. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess there's a reason why they come back for these movies. I'm sure. You know, I, I mentioned this in another episode I did, but I really wa- enjoy watching movies where you can tell that everyone's enjoying their roles. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can tell. You can and a lot of the mm-hmm. movies from, especially Kill Bill, for example, it looks like they're having a blast. Right. Especially Uma Thurman. Right? That's true. And also yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio Leo. in Django yeah, yeah, Chain. Right. He's I having he a was, blast there. He's having so much fun with that table scenes there. I yeah. love, oh my God, I love that was old one of the Ben. The, this monologue, you know, yeah. that old Ben skull. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I think Brad Pitt and Leo, in order to do Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think they actually took a pay cut. Because that's just how much they want to come back. They would be willing to do whatever it takes. And I, I think, because I, 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 I did a documentary and watched... Um, this three-part documentary on YouTube about Quentin's life. And right. um, I think most of his other friends, too, will come back to the movie and just do it for free just because, you know, wow. they just want to be involved somehow one way or another. Right. I think Harvey Keitel is one of those people that jumped yeah. in because he was in Reservoir Dogs, which is his first, yeah. um, which arguably is one of the biggest independent films of all time. Uh, and yeah. he did not, I don't think he got paid for that one because he was already an established name at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess he took a liking to Tarantino even early on. I think a lot of a lot of the people a in Reservoir people Dogs are drawn to his uh, genius. Yeah, didn't get as much as what would an actor get from a from a movie. Like I know this fun fact about them just wearing whatever the costumes that they're wearing in Reservoir Dogs is actually their own clothes. Yeah. 
low budget. Mm-hmm. Definitely it's super very low, low budget. budget. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but you know, it's the art of it. That's why they want to come back yeah. to him. It's because they know they read the script and they just want to be part of it, even though they won't get paid. Because they mm-hmm. that's just how much they believed in it. And it's amazing to see that. You know, even early on, that was happening. I mean, you you right. you get it why it's happening, like in his latter films, because of course you want to be attached to a director of his magnitude. But even early on, right? Even early on, there was something about him that people were flocking to him, uh, like yeah. where Tim Roth and and um, the other actors are just like, yeah, let's stick with this yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, and that's that was his debut film, right? Reservoir Dogs was his first, yeah. and and. I believe the budget was what, like initially, it was just thirty thousand dollars. That's all the money he got, and then yeah. I think it was through Harvey Keitel that that made it blew blew up somehow to a million dollars, and so yeah. that mm-hmm. made it possible made it possible for him to go on with it. But still, it's relatively low budget. All the others, and also yeah. Res- Reservoir Dogs didn't actually enjoy the the kind of acclaim that it's enjoying right now at the time that this came out because it was yeah. yeah. It was I mean, there was hardly marketing that you can yeah. do. I mean, if you don't have any budget right. for anything else, right? Yeah. yeah. But watching it, like I watched it again. Well, I think the last time I watched it was a year ago, but but mm-hmm. you know, watching it is just a cheat because it's so. And obviously, I'm not from the ninth. I mean, I wasn't conscious. You, <laughs> you weren't a human being when this came yeah. out. I wouldn't. I, I wasn't conscious. I wasn't there. But you can see but, why a lot of people are so into his first few films it's so different right. so unique um yeah. the thing that i really like about reservoir dogs though is it it's so different because it skips the action altogether i mean not the action right but it yeah. skips the whole heist altogether and but, i was like because the first part of the film is this long intro scene where there's where they're talking about tips right right and and like a version by madonna and yeah, like origin, what it's about. <laughs> yeah. And then it cuts to the aftermath. Yeah. At first I was like, but the heist is always the best part. <laughs> the, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. you know, the way that he wrote the screenplay and the script and of course the dialogue, it's the aftermath was much more interesting than the actual heist. Like I have no qualms not seeing the aftermath. I mean the heist itself. Right. It was equally as I thought as captivating as as you know if in case he made a he made the heist actually part of the film um and it and this and i think that was what kind of sealed sealed it for him his the genius that is quentin tarantino in telling a story that is not uh straightforward not boxed typical as maybe back in the day because because i think that's also really was the the main acclaim that is being brought into the film was that it's it's way ahead of its time in terms of its storytelling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I really like that opening scene. My favorite part of uh, Reservoir Dogs was was Quentin Tarantino. Of course, oh, he again, acted in his first film, and he was the first one. She hasn't seen Reservoir Dogs, seen it, right? No. So let me oh, tell you about. You seen let me tell you about the story no, of Like a uh-uh. Virgin. <laughs> so, yeah like his take of it yes like, i mean i saw the, the documentary about it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and and but it was so funny it was so it's funny fun. the way he said it and then apparently madonna 
actually wrote him. Went out him on the premiere. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, actually I think, yeah. sent her a card or something like that and said, <laughs> uh-huh. and refuted the idea, no, like a virgin is not about dicks. It's about yeah. love. <laughs> of course it's about love. Of course a pop star would say that. But I guess, I, I believe. I don't know, man. Uh, the lyrics make sense to me, the way he explained does. it. Exactly. After I was sold. That. <laughs> After watching that movie, I was sold like, damn, Madonna. Same. Same. Why yeah, you gotta be makes, like that, Madonna? Yeah. It makes more. It makes so much but more yeah. sense. Love, love is, you know, it doesn't <laughs> necessarily make yeah. sense. She has to make it innocent, not to alienate yeah. some of her fans, and probably will not appreciate the interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on uh, the Tarantino boat, though, of that me of the meaning behind the song. So me put that on yeah. record. <laughs> um, but yeah, you should watch Reservoir Dogs. It's really great. It's yes. really gripping. Yeah. Yep. Well, I was telling Mark that, you know, I there's only so much Quentin that I can watch back to back. So I told him I needed a break, you know. So in a way I yeah. kind of like that he's only released movies every so often. Yeah. Cuz a lot of his movies, you know, you you have to really heavy. think about it almost, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you leave heavy. thinking about it for a little while and it stays with you. So I told Mark, um, it's a little too men- too much he's- Quentin for me back to back. And then I watched the documentary too. So it was just too much. I needed a palette changer so <laughs> yeah i took a break from all his films because i think that once you see one you sort of can see the trend that he, he that it is yeah the style so the style the yeah right. the template for me i thought away. because because i've never seen this much movies or quentin tarantino movies in one sweep <laughs> in one sweep preparing is it my fault <laughs> no <laughs> yes. no it's not your fault but you my know bad. i'm on the I was going to say that I'm on the other side of the road here when I say that I think it kind of numbed me down in terms of, of, I mean, it, I've enjoyed it more than, than, you know, being, than, than feel squeamish about it. So, but, but I do remember first watching Kill Bill and I told G about it before that, yeah, it was quite, quite an assault to the senses and into your, into your head the kind of the kind of gore and violence that if you're not used to it in the, in the in this way then then it can get to your head but re-watching it all these movies from quentin tarantino in one go i thought it's it's fun it's so much more fun now <laughs> definitely yeah now that you're older <laughs> now that i'm yeah, older well, not- like when you're a little younger you're like oh god what did i just see but i think leandro's younger so let's let's hear it from him <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, guys. Well, you can be a violent, I know how I say, like a violence, violent movie freak, also. So, I no, I'm actually very thing. squeamish. What, what okay. I like about Tarantino is that the gore, the level of gore here, isn't gross. Again, it's very stylized. The violence is very stylish in a sense. Nah, it's not yeah. gross. It's just like it's just super cool. Yeah, right? it so, is. Right. It is cool. Yeah, I think that's the word. Perfect word. It yeah. makes it so makes it's it not cool. like it's so different from, for example, binging Saw or or Hostel. Yeah. Right? Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, those right. are like cheap. Those are, that's, that's, that's straightforward yeah. cool killing. Boring, man. Like exactly. that's definitely not right. the kind of a final board. destination. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like that's I don't cheap. like those ones. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like just for the scares, and it's just and gross. for me. What really sits with me is the story that he tells and the way he tells it. It's more, it's more, it's beyond the blood. It's beyond the quite, it's really what you take away from it. Cause it really sits with you, you know, like for if I'm in Hollywood, 
just that men and people is in general like how could they do something what i mean like that's really what i take away from it and yeah. just the artistry of how they portray the characters you know mm-hmm. like leo leo i mean hands down is really one of the best actors ever 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 and i say that with i mean i can't express how much you know appreciation i have with his art mm-hmm. um so you know you walk away thinking and you know just appreciating just how much value they put to the art so you know when you walk away after the movie you just constantly think about those scenes and it's just yeah happy. yep yeah well, after watching a Tarantino movie I'm always just like shit my camera's off you can't see me I'm just nodding my head <laughs> like yeah yes right yeah that's right. just what yeah. it feels like well and if you're in an actual theater movie house you know how after the scenes roll you can't mm-hmm. you can't quite move yet you know people stream outside go to go outside right. the cinema i don't when i watch things like this i just yeah i just stay. relish yeah. and kind of enjoy the afterglow <laughs> yes exactly of, of, of such a spectacle as a quarantine yeah. movie. yeah 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 right yeah you can I'm just sorry. walk away sorry thinking, i think oh, i said I quar- I think I said quarantino. I think that was a shortcut. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Well, because you kind of quarantined yourself in the last two weeks with him. Nice save. That's what you just literally did. I love it. See, we, work, we, we really compliment each other. Yeah, shit. Nice save. <laughs> quarantino. And also, it is like quarantine Tarantino. So you can actually do a, yes. a shortcut there. Quarantino. Yeah. Really, uh, yeah, this this episode should be called Quarantino. Really. <laughs> Actually, maybe I'll change it. I mean, we're still in the recording phase. We'll see. Yes, we'll but see. I, I like what you mentioned, uh, Mark, about you know taking it all in in the cinema. Because mm. the first film, the first Tarantino film I saw in the cinema, because of my age, was <laughs> Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. And yeah. it's so, so different. So this came out in 2012. Yep. Yeah, it was probably... Of legal age by then. Already? Okay. I, I think. If not, probably Welcome. snuck in. But well, actually, it was 2009. Welcome to I think. adulthood. In, oh, Glorious shit. was 2009. Django was 2012. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah earlier. Uh-huh. So, did we push you back to illegal age? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> shit. You just out yourself and now, and now you're in trouble. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are here in the Philippines with like our, our movies. I think if I you bring an adult, <laughs> yeah, right. So I you remember watching *Inglorious Bastards* in the cinema, and it's different. It's so much different from when I watched *Kill Bill* in yeah. on my on my TV, right? Mm-hmm. It's such yeah. a different because Tarantino is such a film nerd, film he geek. Is. Yes. So like yes, he yes. really makes it a point to um, create films with the intention of him, uh, with the intention of the audience watching it in the cinema, and. and it's just different. It's a different experience. Yeah, I think he yeah. said something like, um, uh, "He said something like, if if at some point in the future we stop making sixteen millimeter films, what he said, then yeah. I might retire early because yes. he's not a f- yeah. big fan of he's digital. Not a back- yeah, yeah." He does not like digital. So yeah, I think it. he. I think he did a movie recently with someone, and he, that's when that was his first time doing it, and he said he would never do it again. He just so, didn't like it. It's, yeah. it's. I feel like it's such a. Well, I can. I expect him to be purist like that because of, I guess, his history and the way he protects, you know, his craft. But um, I don't know. He he needs to he needs to join the. The, <laughs> it needs to join us you know, in the 21st century. Yeah, and we have to tell the listeners. 
that it Mark is <laughs> Mark is so into technology. Like he doesn't <laughs> like it when you're not, no, no, no. Embracing not technology well, as much. I'm, I'm also into analog things. But what I what I'm worried is the kind of it's a shame if we will be able to if we'll miss all of this all of the kinds of work that Quentin Tarantino he's so young. Yeah. I mean a lot of the directors that are winning awards more and more are in much later age, right? right. And Quentin is just mm-hmm. so young. And I th- think that if if he does retire because of such, I think, in my opinion, it's such a small part of, of his genius, then, then sayang. I th- we will be able to see so much more, Sana, if he's still mm-hmm. into it. it I guess we'll see. Is, yeah. Yeah. But we only have like one movie left to find out. Which okay, okay. He's nice. notorious for saying that he he's only going to make ten films. Which, he did yep. say that. in my opinion, mm-hmm. I I respect that because, you know, a lot of there are a lot of directors who stick around too long, and you know that yeah. they can't do it anymore. And for mm-hmm. him to have the body of work that he has so far, and to really know that he only wants to do one last film, right? It's a lot of but balls the- to do that. But do you think he I, wants to win an Oscar? Do you think he a wants to win an Oscar too? He already did. He's he's never won an, for a director. He already won. He's won several times for for best screenplay. Picture. That's right. Screenplay, yeah, uh, not not director, not director, not picture. Did he win Pop Fiction? That's the only one, right? Yeah, he won, he won Pop Fiction for picture, I know he but won, not yeah, for picture, not yet for director. director. Several times for, for writing. I think, yeah. I think yeah. that's yeah. his. Well, okay, yeah. Maybe he will just keep writing films and not direct them. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't really think that he's doing it for the sake of, you know, winning something. Because not like he's, Martin you know, for the art of it. Yeah, not for yeah. the art. He's doing it for the art of it because that's how much he believed. Yeah. And I liked when Leandro said earlier that he's a nerd because he really is a complete nerd. You know, growing up, you know, he uh, worked at this, um, like a, what do you call this? Like a film or video shop or video store. He did? Um, yeah, he did. And so he watched all of those videos. Oh, and so he, and you s- can ask him anything and he would know yeah. anything and everything about so them. He, so he is the bride. Because the bride worked at a video store, right? And a Kill video Bill? store. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So some okay. of it is part of his story. Yeah. 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 So I think he's just completely just a nerd. And it comes out. In For sure. I mean, you can see it from mm-hmm. the way he makes his movies. The way... Uh, dialogues are, you know, told the same way from diff- in different movies in different contexts, and then characters come up. Also, I thought Bud. Also, did I see Bud of Kill Bill come up on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh, he, I think he was small. there, but I don't think he I was. I saw him there also. Yeah. He wasn't Bud, right, right, right? But in yeah, the yeah. cowboy he, scene or whatever. Yeah, yeah. cowboys. Yeah, right. What's and what's the again? last one? Madsen. 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 Right. Mark. Was it Mark? Forget. So I really like that actor. He's really good. Like I really <laughs> liked him as Bud in Kill Bill. I liked him in yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Cool. Well, if you yeah. haven't seen Reservoir Dogs, you should. He's he steals the I movie. Definitely, will see that after I take a little bit of a more break. <laughs> Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, there's very little. I thought, I thought there's very yeah. little um, gore or violence. Well, there's a lot of violence, but gore, mm-hmm. just the ear slashing one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so watch out I'll for watch that, that and I want to watch Jackie Brown too. So Jackie Brown, I want to watch. Jackie What's Brown is something that I couldn't get into when I first watched. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm not the target market. Because again, Jackie mm. Brown is very much an homage to black exploitation films, right? Mm. So yeah. a lot of the references, a lot of the you know, a lot of what 
influences that are sprouting up in that movie, I didn't really get. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I was okay with Jackie Brown. Now. I, I mean, a lot okay. of people are. A lot of people say it's one of his best films. Yeah, there's a lot. There's there's some hype around it as as yeah. Yeah, as one of the best. As one of his best. Maybe it's because it's obscure, and you know how people mm-hmm. sometimes like. Film geek, yeah. geeks, geeks are like that. Like whenever yeah, it's yeah, yeah. The ones that popular, are not yeah. on top of the pile type uh-huh. of thing. Right. Yeah, I know that um, he was heartbroken that Pam Grier didn't win the Best Actress um, for this movie because he was thinking that he should be the first Black woman that would have won the Oscar. Sadly, mm. so I definitely want to see this one because she is also one of the stars in the TV series L Word, and I haven't even seen it yet. Pam mm. Greer is actually one of the. I have to watch Jackie Brown for sure. So have Reservoir ta- Dogs and yeah. Have you talked about Pulp Fiction? Not yet. Not yet. Not about quite. Yet. Not <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because I'm, ex- I'm excited to talk about that catch-up scene because I thought that was really funny. Oh <laughs> yeah, you know what? That joke. Yeah, screw it. Let's go into Pulp Fiction. <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry. Just about, just yeah, I mean, because yeah. I think that's the last one, really. That yeah, ones that we haven't talked. About. Okay, so Pulp Fiction. At, again, I think I mentioned this earlier. I didn't get it the first time I watched it mm-hmm. because to me it was just like, ah. Uh, and I was young. Bear in mind, as a young yeah. lad. Yes. <laughs> I was like, ah, <laughs> so sure. much people talking, ah, so much go, uh, so much violence, ah, drugs. Drugs. But like right. watching sure. it again after a few years, when I was a little bit mm-hmm. older, uh-huh. when I had. Consciousness, film consciousness. It's a different appreciation. Yeah. When you've ex- uh-huh. way when, different shall appreciation. we say when we've when you've experienced all the things that's happening in the movie or no? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously the structure in itself, Pulp Fiction is the one that made non-linear narratives a thing. I think, yeah. and it was such a, and it made sense because not that it made sense narratively speaking, but more of the way that the segments were arranged, it mm-hmm. made you feel something for the characters more, right? And I think one of the mm-hmm. strongest suits, uh, one of the strongest things about Pulp Fiction is not the story because the story is so all over the place, much like the structure, right? It's really the characters. This movie is all about the characters that they establish and not just the mm-hmm. main characters like Butch and and Marcellus Wallace or Mia Wallace, but even the small characters like the wolf and 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 Jimmy, you know what I mean? Jimmy, so, I, love, I love Jimmy. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, a great way for characters to be written that way. Like, I think amazing. That's it's right. I think it had affected pop culture in you know in many ways. In because I think this is the first successful Tarantino. You know, coming from Reservoir Dogs, where it was what kind of a flop that only had a resurgence much later on after Pulp yeah. Fiction came out. This was picked up by a lot of yeah. f- other films. And you had the nonlinear and the playing with time. Maybe maybe Nolan was inspired by this. I don't know. Sure whether that's picked up from Tarantino, but uh, that's true. The story was not so much the, its biggest asset that as, as the performances are. Like, for example... Uh, that dance scene with, with Uma Thurman and John Travolta. The iconic, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So iconic. Did you notice that this was picked up also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when they were, so they were riding a yeah. plane. There was someone, some party happening in the, right? Yes, yeah. And uh-huh. there, was, there was a dancing. Um, 
and then and then yes the uh, I was going to say the the tomato ketchup joke. I, I've, I've been preparing for this part because <laughs> the whole the, build up the whole to that time. Yeah, the, I think it was a build up for that that made it so much more, you know. But it was contrary to what happens with jokes about usually when there's so much build up and Uma Thurman said that also as part of the dialogue, yeah. then it doesn't work. But then Siguro because of the what had happened, the OD that had happened, the height yeah. of the movie mm-hmm. just just reached reached the highest part, and then that joke was thrown in. I thought it was yeah. funny. I don't know. I yeah, don't know yeah. if you found that funny, but it was. I I, I chuckled. I was like, damn, <laughs> they really played that line, <laughs> right? And this her delivery also, I guess, played Super a big factor. This is post OD Mia Wallace exactly. cracking a joke like that. Like she yeah. almost died, and maybe yeah. she thought maybe I should have just get on get out with the joke because yeah. life is short. <laughs> I would have died. So, <laughs> and then the one of my favorite lines was what. Uh, John Travolta said after, said he said, now I feel, excuse me, let me just go home and have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Crazy. The dialogue is so good in this movie. I think it's yeah. quintessential, pun, pun intended, quintessential Quentin yeah. Tarantino. Quint- like, right. The one-liners that hit you. The yeah. one-liners, the zingers here and there. And mm, what I yeah. noticed when I did a rewatch recently is that a lot of the stuff that they're talking about, they come in to play later on. Yeah. So, for example, when you first watch like the Gold Watch segment, where mm-hmm. you know um, Christopher Walken as the dad of you know Bruce, yeah. Bruce Willis's character talks yeah. about you know the journey of that Gold Watch and how it was up his butt in World War Two, and then you, you watch that was that a little scene. bit unnerving when that when yeah, he right? snatched it after all that butt. Travel, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and then it cuts to him waking up as you know as an older man now, and then in right. the situation that he's in, you kind yeah. of forget that scene, and then that scene where um, Fabian is like, it's not in the stuff that she packed, yeah, and then you remember, oh, so that's why that gold watch scene was uh, played so important, yeah. yeah. So there's a yeah. lot of that in in Pulp Fiction. That's true. Which I think it's that's very, true. very clever, very, very smart writing, in my opinion. It's and that's really what I think what the Academy had seen in his writing. That's why he keeps winning all these uh, screenplay awards because it's really, really sharp and you know very good. Um, Kill Bill had a lot of one-liners that you know you'd wish you know mm-hmm. as a person, so you can make this. <laughs> Come back to your friends, right? It's and in my catalog of one-liners fresh. in my brain. Like if someone exactly. messes with me, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So, so, so a lot, a lot of that actually started in pop fiction. I like this. Uh, you talked about Fabian and Butch. I really like their escape, the dialogue when before they they left in the motorcycle. Yeah. So Fabian said, "Whose motorcycle is this?" Butch said, "It's a chopper, baby." Yeah. Whose who's chopper is this? It's Zed's. Who said Zed's dead, baby? Dead, Zed's baby. dead. Oh, shit, and yeah. then they zoom out it's into so nowhere. Cool. <laughs> it's, so, it's such a it's such so a cool. camp. It's such a campy thing, but I know it's so fun. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. This I think Pulp Fiction more than anything is a comedy. Honestly. It is a dark comedy. Yeah, it's a dark. That's comedy. why that's why Jeep's yep. not going to you know 
It's not going to make give you nightmares. It's yeah, I've seen it before. I just haven't seen it, you know, as of right, recent. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But it's well, also a... very unnerving. Like that scene yeah. with the gimp. I was like, that's oh, a God. thing? Jesus Christ. People do I that? I don't get the gimp's role. I don't what know, man. Supposed to do that? I thought he, he I was... I think he's just a sex slave or some shit. Oh, gosh, maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, right, <laughs> very, maybe. right, right. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, crazy! I'll be goddamn Sabiani Marcellus. Yeah. I'll be oh goddamn. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so much quotable quotes here. Like I, I say this a lot. I'm always like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty fucking far from okay, man. To my <laughs> friends, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> shit. Who said that? Um, that was the Marcellus Wallace, right? Marcellus after, Wallace. All right, 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 right. after, right after when, when Zla- Butch was like, you, okay? you good? You good? Yeah. It's crazy. It's sick, man. You're good. We're good. Man. It's shocking, I, but I guess that's also one of the reasons why it was so big. Because I don't think it, people were expecting that. Ne- exactly. Yeah, that twist. Yep. Because basically, Marcellus was the one that's kind of controlling everything, like chasing after all these people in the movie, right? Killing yeah. all these people. And then in the end, he you strip him of all his power that has been everything. built up throughout the movie. Right. God, that's good. Wow. That's great yeah, writing. Yeah. That's why the nonlinear structure works. It sets yeah. up mm-hmm. Marcellus Wallace as this big, you know, this big bad, and then he just gets, you know, right. fucked in the butt, <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> I mean, that's that's exactly what happened. So yeah, wow. literal in literal terms, yeah. literally. Yeah. So if you guys haven't watched uh, Pulp Fiction, a big black guy gets his butt. <laughs> supposed to be the villain. Supposed to be the villain yeah. of the whole movie. In the Which end, is crazy to say out conquered. loud just now. <laughs> But you know the other thing that I really liked from Pop Fiction was the contrast. You know, you know how it opened with Honey Bunny and Pumpkin discussing. Yeah. They were discussing their own heist. Their little heist, right? Yeah. Um, but but the kinds of heist that they want. So they they worry about killing people. As much as possible, they don't want to ki- kill people, right? They care about things like insurance, like whether <laughs> whether the staff will will worry about you know, stealing from the owner because they're going to get all the money. They worry yeah. about those things. And in contrast to Jules and Vincent, the the J- Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta character who just couldn't care any less with life, yeah. right? And killing people. I mean, I re- I really like that that contra- that how it started with that opening yeah. with um, and then it's book ended by and that then conversation. Ended. Yeah. That's exactly but with them meeting in the end is is clever and yeah, really, I, I really think cool. Pulp Fiction is one of those movies that if you watch it, even if you watch it multiple times, you'll catch something new every time. I'm sure. Yeah. That's like most of his movies. My last rewatch. Most I, of his movies, true. Yeah. My last rewatch of Pulp Fiction, I hadn't no- I, I noticed lang the dialogue about the foot massages. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it I ag- came up I again. agree with John Travolta's you know. Yeah, same. Right? It means something, man. Foot massages. You don't do that means to people. Something. You don't just offer that to people. I mean, yeah. hand massages maybe, but foot massages? No, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So there goes Quentin's uh, no, foot Yeah, fetish, it starts there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was comfortable enough to do it in a Reservoir Dogs. But yeah, yeah, these are all guys coming out. Yeah. yeah. So what have we not talked about yet? I think... Hmm. We haven't touched on Inglorious Bastards, which is actually I yeah. really like Inglorious Bastards. Oh, I love it. This is the start of the historical revisionism series of movies that he has. And 
of course, this being the first in that line of, you know, that line of writing, I was so shocked because I, you know, Hitler won. I, Hitler died in in World War II when he killed himself, right, at the end. Yeah. But, so I wasn't expecting him to die in the climax of Inglorious Bastards, right? So mm-hmm. when it happened, I was like, yeah, I, I, I fucks with this. This is, this is bomb. Literally yeah. bomb. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, I like how we did that. I think that's that's really what's cool, no? Kahit in a in a f- fictional setting, lang you, you somehow get your the ending that you wanted, as opposed yeah. to, to what really happened, like this mm-hmm. huge events in history. So that's re- that's really cool. But I, what I really like about this is a funny scene in in Glorious Bastards. But basically, every scene where Christoph Waltz is in, of course, he shines, right? I mean, I mean, I think. Quentin Tarantino gave Christoph Waltz really the the break because after starring in in Glorious Bastards and then in Django Unchained, he got his two Oscars, right? A supporting actor. Yeah. Uh, but that bingo scene, you remember the bingo scene? Uh, bingo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bingo! He was like this The way he says it is so cool. <laughs> giddy girl, diva. But, but yeah. he's a mad... He looks like a madman, but he also like, looks like a giddy little girl. Yeah. So the way he act, the way he kind of, you know, con- uh, fused those two characters in one, yeah, was was amazing to to behold, especially in the big screen. Because I also saw this in the big screen before. Um, he won yes, best supporting, right? He did win win best supporting yeah, actor yeah. for Inglorious Bastards and also for Django Unchained. Right, back well deserved. Back. Yeah, no, na panganya si Leo eh. <laughs> <laughs> to Poor get Leo. his Oscar. <laughs> so, but, what was the name of the girl that was in this movie again? Um, Carrie Washington's character. Ah, sorry, Inglorious. Oh no, no, no in, Inglorious. Yeah. Uh, Robbie, Mar- is it Robbie Margot? No, that's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But oh, the, sorry. The main which, girl which that one? played. Oh, Shoshana. In Inglorious. Um, is Shoshana. I forget her name. Uh. I know. I, she's really one of the famous ones. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, that choking scene, it was actually oh, Quentin who German. actually did it. Yeah, the yeah, German yeah, yeah. Girl. I read about that. Yeah. Yeah. See, it was actually that's very Quentin. uncomfortable to watch, actually. Yes, it's because legit. it's actually, it really happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It really did yeah. happen because Quentin said that he never wanted to do any choking scenes because it looks really fake. So he really did this himself because he really want to capture how it really is to oh be God. choked. Jesus and the girl Christ. actually, the girl actually passed out for a little, for a <gasps> few seconds, Jesus. and they have to revive her. That's how real oh my God, this choking really? scene God. was. But this Wait, is how okay. Quentin does. Is like he would really do what it takes to really capture the actual scene. How it. So I wonder yeah. then if the Mandingo fight in in Django Unchained actually was a real fight. I hope not. <laughs> Hopefully that was not. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and the slave getting fed to the dogs. Yeah. Also. yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Shit. I don't know, no, but I haven't. I, I don't know the research around that, but for sure for this one, I mean, they had to no, get a doctor. Yeah, I, they, they had a doctor in standby to make sure that. Yeah, you know, I, I remember watching that. Revived. It looked really it looked real. real. Well, I guess oh, it's because it's real. Shit. Because it's real. Purple, she really man. did pass out. Like, yeah. She was so That's close crazy. to death. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Quentin crazy. can get so crazy. I mean, for him to he actually can. risk it, <laughs> he's crazy. Because there's like, another story with Kill Bill, right? Sorry, there's also Kill another Bill story too. with Kill Bill. Yeah. But like, kind of, Uma was in a very risky driving f- um, scene, and there's yeah. 
was something she that lost, happened there, She right? lost control and she actually, yeah, she actually got an accident and also lost consciousness. And I think she uh, broke a rib or something like that. Something um, like that, yeah. And had a few stitches too. So she actually stopped talking and got reunited after like a few years after. Because <laughs> she never wanted to do it. She never really right. wanted to do that, you know, I, driving I, scene. I think she, she almost backed out of it, of the of filming the, the rest of it because of that, because of the yeah. kind of risks that, what that they were involved. subjected to. Yeah. I want to um, ask though, like we've been talking about Quentin Tarantino and how great he is, but there are also some instances like what G just mentioned where he, kind of went overboard a bit. So well, what's your take on that? Is that something that's necessary or is that something okay to do? Oh, I don't know. Gosh, I th- I don't well, know. just as long as nobody dies <laughs> nobody in, dies in an actual filming. I mean, I hope those blood spraying scenes are really like, you know, figments of our, yeah, <laughs> you know, effects only and the, no yeah. actual blood and they're all fake blood and nobody actually kind of suffer but but i guess this because it's action-packed right and and i guess it's not unique to quentin tarantino but any kind of a director or filmmaker that does a lot of action scenes there's there's this there's risks associated to their work but Which i think they know yeah but, mm-hmm. but right right they should have like cliff booth in there like a stand man <laughs> who are professional mm-hmm. and can help you know. And they, yeah, they do, I guess. Yeah. But on some occasions, you can't really fake it, like the choking scene. You know, you can't. Well, that, can. but, yeah, that, that's questionable. Yeah. But I think if you're a real true actor, and I mean, you'll see that there's a lot of people that keep coming back to said way, because otherwise, mm-hmm. why would they keep coming back? But imagine, yeah. the but think- imagine the kind of conversation that happened here. Okay. He's going to choke you for real. Do you trust yes. me? <laughs> That is so scary. Like, if someone tells me that, I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) You might pass out for a few seconds, but trust me, we'll revive you. I mean, that's not the kind of trust I'm willing to give to anyone. And then they're probably like, here, sign here. There's a disclosure that (laughs) you can't sue us. Yeah, waivers of something happens. Hey, yeah, you can't come after us, you know? Exactly. Yeah, that's some Hollywood bullshit right there. Oh yeah. yeah, and then the next scene, he he goes like, and then I'll zoom in on your feet, <laughs> right? And you'll be he's crazy. You'll be dead. He's crazy. Or so you know how when the two feet, your two feet are together, it almost kind of yeah. That's yeah. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah. But you know what? What I really what found found really funny. I don't know if you remember it in Inglorious Bastards when when the bastards were introduced as Italians. Remember that scene? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to Christoph Waltz, who apparently speaks German, Italian, English, and all. Other yeah, yeah. And all, yeah. And so he saw through them. And then. And hilarious. Then the, it was so hilarious. The two guys, the other two guys, were doing their Italian chef's kiss as if to convince <laughs> yeah. Christoph Waltz that just by doing that, they're Italian already. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I think all of his films are funny. Like in a way, there's always yeah, there's, a, there's always, there's always a funny tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah. crazy. Yeah. But I think Inglorious Bastards in it, Inglorious Bastards has one of the most tense scenes that I've ever seen in in film. Oh, the theater scene? No, it, it's the bar no? scene, the one where they spot uh, oh, Michael Fassbender no. um, doing the the different a different kind of number three. 
oh. really dense. Yeah. Cause he, he, so the the scene is they're in a bar, right? That's where they're supposed to meet up with um other with the German I forget her name, the character's name. The German girl that got choked later on. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's like yeah. the mole, right? And right. then there are a bunch of German soldiers that are like having fun because one of them, um, his kid was just born. So they're celebrating. Mm-hmm. And then they were so drunk they invited um Sula Michael Fassbender to the to the bar. And then Michael Fassbender ordered beer incorrectly like the not german way and then oh. do, do you remember that scene that was the most it's really tense that scene I is kind so of remembering it but i forgot most of bastards but was it bridget the was it that that's the girl's name bridget von so. ah yeah von hammers yeah, right, right, right. Von yeah. but yeah it's all over youtube you can watch the clip it's really tense because it's such a smart way to um, build around tension. Just the fact that you that Michael Fassbender, right? You know, ordered beer incorrectly, wrong way, right? Yeah, it led to his death. I think Glorious Bastards Inspiring had worked around that kind of suspense. Like, are they going to be found out? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. The the whole plot is revolving around that, and you know, either comically or in a real serious sense to way. Yeah. Quentin showed us that and involved the audience in, in the process. Very, he knows how to direct. He does. Right? He and does. Like, right, he does. Great tension. And I told, I told G about this. You know, remember in the Kill Bill uh, second volume when mm-hmm. the bride was buried alive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quentin took us with her right there in under under oh, in, in the, the casket, right? In the yeah, coffin. Yeah. We felt yeah, the claustrophobia. That's... We felt we felt like we're you know choking up in there, and we also, mm-hmm. of course, root for the character to get out get of it. Out. But yeah. but that scene, that experience, the audience was also part of that, and that was really a uh, way of the definite. He's again genius. So we're down to our last two, um, and then we can do another segment after. Let's talk about the hateful eight. Okay, so that I, I've I've never seen. I'm gonna uh, fully disclose. I've never seen the Hateful Eight. I don't Me know too. how I missed this, but this is a, together with Death uh, Proof. Death was proof. it Death Proof? Yeah. It kind of kind of got uh, lost in all went under lost the radar. The, I, yeah, I, I think. Agree. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. But also, if, the Hateful the Eight. I think. Well, first of all, it's very long. It's very was very it? long. Yeah, like longer and, than. What's the longest one? I thought the longest one was Once Upon a Time. It's almost two. Or I think this Django? one is around it's three longer. hours too. Mm. Around the same range. But okay. it's really long. Um, this movie is full of twists. It, I mean, you should watch it definitely. But yep. you should watch it in parts. Just so she doesn't get... Uh, <laughs> it's so long, man. Like, it's probably going to be in my So watch. essentially, my it's watch. a spaghetti western homage. So that's uh, something right. that he, he kind of did with Django and Jane. But mm-hmm. more uh-huh. of, you know, black-centric. But this one is straight up Western. Um, but you know how Westerns are very much, you know, it's a very much like an adventure film. Mm-hmm. This movie is set in one place long throughout. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like a play in a sense because um, the whole plot revolves around finding out, like, I don't want to spoil, but it's a lot of whodunit. It's, it's very whodunit. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So like it's a, a very interesting, almost. very mm-hmm. suspenseful. Um, it's very suspenseful, very long. 
spaghetti western. Lots of I, twists. I, I like that he called it mm. the Hateful Eight. This is her. This is his eighth film as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's intentional. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of um, old, you know, I mean, a lot of the actors that started with him. His friends with, here. yeah, yeah. Was part think, of it, yeah. That's right. right, yeah. Um, Tim Roth is here again. Mark Madsen is here. Is Same Jamie Foxx yeah. also here? No, he's no, not. I don't think Bruce so. Stern Bud is, is here. here though. I don't know what his yeah, Bud name is. is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. not one of his best, but That's what I, read. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, but definitely better than most films, I would say. Mm-hmm. 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 But yeah. Um another, the last movie that we can talk about is Death Proof. Actually, I watched this one again earlier today when mm. did this one came out because it's not really the most popular either i think it was between kill bill and inglorious is it yeah really it came out okay. between kill bill and inglorious bastards which is why inglorious bastards they were saying it was a return to form because mm. death proof wasn't really that you know oh, it's not the same okay. quality as the other films like what happened well it was i wouldn't say it's a gimmick but this was released as a double feature with robert rodriguez so mm. you know how well, apparently in the 70s in the US, there were grindhouse films where you watch low-budget oh, movies back-to-back. Yes, so it's yes. a double feature. So they wanted to do that with this one, oh. but it kind of flopped. Hmm. But this is a... So that one is called Grindhouse, the two-part feature um, experience, quote-unquote. Um, mm-hmm. Fun fact, that experience actually was the one that um, led to um, Machete the one with Danny Trejo, to mm-hmm. become an actual right. film. Because mm-hmm. um, part of the gimmick for Grindhouse, the two-parter, is that they actually created trailers for low-budget movies also. So a lot of the... I think two of the movies became... Uh, two of the trailers in that in that um, feature became actual movies. But yeah, mm-hmm. so Death Proof okay. is straight up... It's a slasher movie, which is very, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. unlike Tarantino. But... It's very much an homage to 70s Grindhouse films. Uh, definitely gotcha. a step down from his usual quality. But what I find really interesting about this movie, though, is, is the lengths that he went to to recreate the quality from the 70s. So, right. you know how, and I read this earlier also, in the 70s, of course, everything wasn't digital yet. Nothing was digital. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you wanted your film to be shown um, in theaters, you'd have to transport it um, yeah. yourself. Like so, in the process of the transportation, it gets damaged. So that's mm-hmm. why a lot of the old movies from back then are like they grunge. cut sometimes. They're very grungy. Uh-huh. There's film grain. Um, right. Sometimes the audios, um, or the audio repeats and stuff. So he mm-hmm. did that for this movie also. So mm-hmm. if you watch this, uh, if you watch Death Proof, a lot of the quality is very. It's very rundown. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes there are scenes where the audio doubles because. Um, it's quote unquote broken. Yeah. So mm. I think the lengths that he went to recreate that right. sort of quality is it's crazy. It's something that only he would think of and he would pull off. I know. Gotcha. Like like to to the uninitiated people, they would think, yeah. like, what happened to this? This is broken. This is. And I noticed uh, <laughs> some parts. Right. Yeah. I noticed some parts of. Uh, did you notice that in Once Upon a Time there were some parts that would skip like a tiny millisecond when. Uh, there were some moments when there would be monologues of Leonardo DiCaprio. And then it cuts. And then right? it would kind of cut for a split second. And you would yeah. notice that cut, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of audio jump. Yeah. That happened a sure lot that. in Death Proof. Okay. 
So yeah. I, it's okay. very much intentional. So mm-hmm. man, only Tarantino would be able to like I know go out of his Insert way to destroy like his that. film that way. Right? Because like for example, when I was watching it, I would if it were not. Tarantino film, I would say that okay, this this might be a broken record. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's skipped, <laughs> but, but because, because it him. is him, I know, exactly. I know it's it's like, for a reason. Yeah, this is all intentional. <laughs> yeah, classic Tarantino. Yes. Shit. Okay, so we went through his whole catalog. His body of work. Good job, guys. <laughs> and just in over an hour, just that was yeah, that was great. I mean, the it, time frame. If it were the two of us, we would have been running for this would have been half, four hours. half a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, what I want to do with you guys next is let's try to rank his films. Okay. Well, you haven't seen some of them, mm. so I guess you yeah. can omit it from your list. Sure. Okay. But from the ones yeah. that you've seen, let's let's and, do a ranking. And you say also anyway that these two. Like Death Proof and Hateful Eight probably belong in the bottom. Yeah, bottom. I would. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll Do you want to start? I'm, yeah, mm. I'll start because you know I don't have any issues with ranking, and Mark is probably. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you now, you know, <laughs> Leandro right. is gonna take forever with I'm, this ranking I'm, because I'm, he doesn't like ranks. I am we'll twist, Mark twisting class. my legs right now. Okay. Yeah, he's I can like, go look after at him. G. He's squimish. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I guess I'll just do top three because I haven't seen the most recent ones lately. Um, but, you know, I think my are, third... Wait, Lang, how are we going to do it? Like from the bottom up? Mm. I'll just say what my top three is. Yes. Oh, just top, top three. Yeah. Okay, yeah, go I'll ahead. Just from the like top. That. Okay. okay. <laughs> King I'm of going technical. technical yeah. No, I'll just do... I think my, like my top three favorites definitely would have to be Django Unchained. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Kill Bill will always be. I mean, I can't like not like it. You know, it has to be the top yeah. Tarantino for me in so many reasons. Yeah. That I, you know, we've already talked about. So, yeah. Keeping it okay, short. I'll, I'll go next so that Mark has time to think. <laughs> I'll have to go with, well, from the bottom, I think Death Proof would be last for me. Then The Hateful Eight and then Jackie mm-hmm. Brown because I didn't really get it that much. But. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really like Samuel L. Jackson in that movie. <laughs> and then I have to go with... This is where it gets really tough. Because yeah. everything else is great. <laughs> yeah, Shit. right, right. Um, I'll have to go with Reservoir Dogs. And then Django Unchained. And then Pulp Fiction. And then Inglorious mm. Bastards. And then Kill Bill. Because Kill Bill... I don't know. There's a personal stake in it. Like... It was the first one I saw, so it really means mm-hmm. a Very lot to me. It's, it's, it's for a, you. The first yeah. one is always the one that sticks yeah. to you. Yeah, that's yes, true. Uh, true. Yeah. Wait, you where would you place Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh shoot, I missed that one. I have to redo my fucking list. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it between. Oh shit! Probably right after In Glory. Shit! Uh, right after Jackie Brown. So not. Uh, it was fun, but the others just were. Not top, I enjoyed yeah, the top others five. more. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This is somewhat. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is somewhat like a feminine take of, you know what I mean? Like it almost. It's a soft Tarantino, soft. I thought. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. feminine, soft. Yep, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, not to take away the the great performances and also the, the message. And the top bill are men, the, but it's softer. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it is yeah, softer sure. in the whole body of work. Right. Tarantino Agreed. universe, mm. yeah. But okay. I mean, with my list, <laughs> yeah, it's 
one it, it's like this today it could be different tomorrow that's how <laughs> great is true yes so, exactly Right. So, Mark, with that said, with that you're said, not gonna. Oh, yeah. This, this is I'm not ready. like. This is so uncomfortable. Forever. This is so uncomfortable. I can tell. Still. You, okay. You're screaming. <laughs> you're like, oh my god, can I can we end the call now? <laughs> I'm, I'm having butterflies in my stomach. It's, here's the thing with with list with ranking for me. It's it's such a commitment that I feel like whoever's listening in other yeah. maybe some whatever parallel come after you parallel yeah. universe. No, that's my. Right. This is my hack. I always say when I do lists, I'm always. <laughs> like but it could change tomorrow if you asked me okay there you go there's that's a, i'm always like that's, a that's my okay. that's my cop out yes. yeah yeah and, you're and not gonna I, die with this list I guess right? it's a, it's a tes- <laughs> testament to how how difficult the, you know the difficulty level depends on how great you know the the, the exactly. subject that we're going yeah. to rank Anyway, okay. No, I have just okay. Don't so rank I'm it. going just to your name your favorites. No, I'm going to rank it. This, what? The, cha- the challenge is accepted. Let's do it. <laughs> An Unlipop exclusive. Just kidding. <laughs> this is an uh, yeah, Unlipop exclusive because he will never do this in our own show, in our own Ex- pod. He will never. Excuse rank me, it. I have ranked. Uh, oh please! At gunpoint. <laughs> no, you won't. No. Okay. Um, That's okay. Right. This is so the last exclusive. one. The last one yeah. in the list for me would be. I would say. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would say Reservoir Dogs. And the reason is because of its relative lack of complexity. But some mm-hmm. people would say that that's the very reason why it's a great movie, because it's so simple and it's so mm-hmm. pure. Uh, but if I'll compare it with the rest of his parang yeah, that's his yeah. most simple work. And feeling it needs, it can't be in his list, in this list. It should be mm-hmm. on another list. <laughs> uh, right. That doesn't make sense. Anyway, so that's Rest for No, Bodox. it makes sense. And then, this, it's his first movie, yeah. yeah. And he doesn't yeah. have a backing. Doesn't have a backing of a big production company, right? So right, but yeah. you still should see it. I will. Uh, don't get discouraged, but it's lower ranking. It's great. <laughs> it's great. It's it's pretty high in mind. So watch it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll still watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. I would say the next one would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood um, because yeah, yeah I, I, I was waiting for the, the typical Tarantino and he gave me yeah. a soft version. Yeah. But again, the, the surprise is the Tarantino, I suppose. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's that. And, and then now it gets huh, much more difficult. Um, yep. <laughs> so we it gets have... Crazy. <laughs> We have, I'd say, Django Unchained. Uh, it's great. I mean, I, I think any 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 Tarantino and uh, Christoph Waltz tandem would be great. And I would say the next one to it, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. So, and then Pop Fiction, but it comes really close to Kill Bill, uh, mm. the Kill Bill series. And and you're right, like what you said, Leandro and she, because it's the it's that gateway it, it, and it's everything that made it more personal that made it real that made it more relatable is because that's your first yeah. experience of, yeah. of such work so um but pop fiction i've i've i saw it really in passing before like way way back when i was maybe post college but it didn't really kind of made a mark on me but upon rewatching it for this for for the for the preparation for this episode. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. It's yeah. not, it's like you said, it's, it's not 
uh, a very clear storyline. But then the, the, the kind of montage almost feels like a, a montage of different scenes, but very, very memorable scenes. Yeah. I thought was special. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So there you go. I made it through. You did it. <laughs> you clap, did clap, it. Clap. And you did it Thanks. for five minutes. I was thinking <laughs> I was going to go to bed because you, it's going to take 30 minutes to even come out with a I'm list. Su- I'm sweating doing that. Great I'm job. Sweating. <laughs> I highly I appreciate it. Maybe I'll make a post so you can take take it back. I'll make a post out of it, out of your, out of your list, so you can't take it back anymore. Just kidding. But uh, that's fine. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's all the time we have for this week. Um, wow. I'd like to thank Mark and G for guesting. Thanks no, so much, thank guys. You. Thank you we for having us. And thank you for making us do this. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done a, a full Monty on <laughs> Quentin Tarantino if not for this episode yeah. right so it's on my list but I would never really rush to watch it <laughs> but because yeah. of this you know I, I had to do my research and a deep dive on his life too now, now Quarantino, we can get out of this rabbit hole well I'll now try we to can find get another, out of Quarantino another one for you. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm really now tempted to make this a title <laughs> we're released yes. from our Quarantino yes let's let's do another one at some point maybe you yeah. have be on our show next time and then let's do something like this too yeah for sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) so thank you again um, to everyone that's listening this is actually my 20th episode congrats crazy crazy I started this a few months ago 20 episodes seem so weird to see didn't think I'd get here but thank you but so that, much but it does feel like longer no does it it feels like much longer I mean the work You've behind the scenes for years. yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's fun it's all in good fun. it is always fun so don't forget to follow and uh, don't forget to subscribe to Andy Pop wherever you consume your podcasts whether it's Spotify Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or if you're like I don't know super indie we're in the other platforms too like Spreaker or some shit I don't know um and follow us on social as well, facebook.com slash andipop.pod and Instagram, andy.pop. And subscribe to the Retrospectives podcast. Maybe you guys can plug a bit. Cool, yes. Yes, we're on also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all those places. We are the Retrospectives podcast. And also find us on social media. We post stuff about our episodes some memes as well <laughs> we are the <laughs> retrospectives podcast on instagram and facebook thanks for right. having us promote, thank you so much Leandro. this course, is so course. much fun thank you guys so Super much fun. all right see you guys next week quentin please shoot my feet <laughs> <laughs>